man and Corey, we were just talking the other day on Twitter about how we don't like ever like really drag things on our podcast since we normally just don't choose things we think we're gonna hate. Yeah. And then, I mean, I didn't think <laughs> I didn't think I would hate Burn the Witch, and even while I was reading it, I didn't think I would be like, this makes no sense on the podcast. I would I would thought I would be like, oh, this kind of miggling, boring. I don't know what's going on. Like I kind of enjoy it, but no. As I tried to start to explain it, I was like, I don't know what's happening. What am I even saying? <laughs> what's going on? Who am I? What is this like? Welcome back to Monging Your Ears. My name is Corey. Helen and April are with me. Hi, everybody. Hello. And we are here to talk about manga. Um, first off, we're going to talk about the apparently not completely Burn the Witch manga. <laughs> I told you, Corey. I told you. <laughs> uh, and uh, the newer series will be Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, we're trying to be extremely relevant with the recent anime additions <laughs> to this. To the world. Um, Look, the Shonen Jump Vault is a very handy thing for us to have right now, considering that it's not like any of us are going to bookstores. Yeah. Well, actually, Corey, you are going to bookstores. You are going to your comic book store, but April yeah. and I are not. Um, we read The Burn the Witch. It's currently five chapters. There's a four-chapter first season and a, uh, a one-shot chapter as well. Um, the one or the four-chapter first season. The, appears to be a continuation of the uh, one-shot chapter, but it does not need to have that one-shot chapter read first, as evidenced by the anime, which took very lightly, if not at all, from the one-shot. Um, I don't know. I think you need to read the one-shot first, because otherwise you're like, who is this random guy that the girls are protecting? Well, the one-shot explains who this random guy is. Yeah, and after I read the one-shot again, I was like, oh, that's who that random guy was, because I did not remember who he was in the anime. <laughs> Well, that's a different problem, Corey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, this one is about uh, Noel Nihashi and Nini Spankol. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of good Kubo names in here. Uh, these two are witches who um, are working for the Western Branch of the Soul Society in Reverse London, and they uh, fight against dragons who exist to just uh, help life and also screw things up by a lot uh, by, by a lot um, I mean there's not much in these first five chapters the one shot is I thought I was pretty satisfied with the one shot and I had no idea there was four extra chapters until the anime came along um, but my my takes as on Kubo as they are with Bleach is that he should just uh, draw a lot of stuff and stop trying to write stories but what do you do think <laughs> Oh, I am 100% with you, Corey. Like, the one shot was okay, and then it continued, and I had no in- intention of bringing the continuation until last time. You were like, let's do Burn the Witch for our continued series. I am 67% sure that it's completed. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just reading it. I'm sitting in my dentist's office. I'm waiting for my appointment because they're running behind. And I'm reading it, and I'm like, this is fucking nonsensical. And not the fun kind of nonsensical either. This is just, like, proper nouns. Like, I could tell you that the plot is that these two girls are protecting a guy, um, and other people kind of want to kill him, but at other times they don't want to kill him, and these two girls have another job of just generally 
protecting and exterminating dragons, depending on the circumstances. Like, I could tell you all that, but I can't tell you for the life of me, like, what the motivation of the girls are to do these things. Why well, they're invested in this. One of them wants uh, reputation, and the other one wants money. And that's, like, literally all we get. And that is not a lot. Like, we don't really get any depth to these girls. Uh, none of the characters are very likable. Mm-hmm. We got some other randos just popping up, being like, yeah, we're going to try and kill this guy now. Like, none of us quite know what's in it for him. He's just doing it. And I was just like, this fucking nonsense. Can my dentist please hurry up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the guy, the guy's name is Balgo Parks. He is, like, a... Uh, one of the only people besides witches that are allowed to touch dragons, because I guess dragons aren't allowed to be touched for some unknown reason. Uh, you yeah, get... that's the weird thing. It's like, you can't touch the dragons, but if you touch the dragons enough, then you become special and need to be protected. It's like, yeah, where are we going with this? I... <laughs> like, are we protect the wildlife analogy? Because that doesn't work, because <laughs> you touch a lion long enough, you don't be special. Yeah. Are we going with a poison analogy? Obviously not, because if you touch poison too much, you dead. Like, <laughs> I'm like... Kubo, like, what is going through your head? Slow down, take a deep breath, and speak calmly. Because none of us understand what you're saying. I don't think that I even completely understood the ending. I I don't know if there was anything to understand. Maybe it just ended. But I, I felt like I didn't understand what happened. So I don't I don't know. I felt like uh, I didn't care for the one shot as much. I, I liked the one through four more than the one shot, but that's not really... Uh, saying a whole lot so <laughs> yeah i mean the the ending of it kind of has like these mythical creatures one of which is cinderella that is uh summoned no, by no, the dragons they just named them after myths because yeah, right, this right. is how we connotate that they are important we use popular cultural touchstones that the reader is sure to recognize yeah well that man was uh, mythical dragons thank you for the clarification um the the one they ran into is cinderella who like becomes the mythical thing um in the moonlight, of course, because it's named Cinderella, and uh, when it flaps its wings, there is a burst of lights, and except they're just explosions, it just blows up everything when it flaps its wings angry. We don't really know uh, anything <laughs> besides that it exists, um, and one of, uh, I think it's Noel's friends, <laughs> uh, summoned it, sort of, not, not summoned it, nurtured it, I mean... Um, <laughs> I feel like you're tired of just explaining it. You even sound just tired explaining the theory. <laughs> I mean, it's... Yeah, it's like, Noel's friend found this little dragon, even though she shouldn't be able to see dragons. Like, people aren't supposed to be able to see this unless they're already magical themselves, in a sense. But she was able to, and she was getting mad because tabloids are saying bad things about Noel because, you see, both of them are in this idol group. And she yeah. kind of got, like, this lesbian stalker crush thing on Noel. <laughs> so she was getting this dragon to, like, destroy the headquarters of the tabloid. Oh, and we're all going with Cinderella because, like, Noel has been monologuing these past four chapters about why would anyone want to become <laughs> Cinderella? You know, the magic vanishes at midnight. Why would you want this? And it's supposed to be, like, some sort of deep commentary, but no, it's, it's just bullshit. Yeah. Um, you know, the, this feels a lot like... Uh, some of the crappy stories I wrote in high school that like I was just like, oh, this is this is a really cool concept. Let's just write about this. But I never really had an ending in mind, so I just kind of kept writing and adding things and not really knowing <laughs> how they all came together. I mean, Kubo has said on the record that he doesn't know how, he didn't know how to end Bleach. He just kept adding characters. So, but this is a man who was making money off of the story, not high school age core, you know, exploring writing for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> and assume... I assume Kubo also has an editor that's, like, more involved 
in editing than I was in my own editing, which was zero. I know you think that, but with some of the manga we've read, I'm like, do editors actually do anything for manga? Like, in the broad sense, I'm sure, yes, but we look at things like this or some of the other long shonen series that have gone on forever or Clamp, and it's like, does your editor actually do anything? Like... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we've read Skullface Bookseller and um, Downfall by Inu Asano both went into a lot of what the editor's role was. Uh, Nozaki-kun also, to an extent, but... Um, <laughs> the role of the editor is to add into Nuki. Yeah, but like those those are like give-and-take relationships. The writer is like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this idea, what do you think about this? And the editor is like, well, no, what if you do it this way? And it seems like with Kubo, the editor is just like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. Let's do that. And Kubo is like, no, I have this other cool thing. Let's do this instead. And the editor is like, no, let's just do both of them. <laughs> it's like two buddies getting together. Yeah. <laughs> like, I enjoy... Yeah, like enjoy... when you've got, like, two middle school boys together and they're, like, coming up with a cool robot and they just keep adding on to the drawing, like, one at a time. <laughs> this is what I feel like Corey is describing right now, yeah. this theory. <laughs> Maybe it's like a Frankie from One Piece, except in a story form instead of just a character that <laughs> thinks things are cool, so he keeps adding on to himself to make it cool, to make himself cooler, which is like a character trait. That's like Frankie's character is like ridiculous like that, but in a story, it just feels like an amalgamation. And so I'm like, I enjoy reading Kubo insofar as I enjoy um, his art and the the way that uh, he displays things on the page. Um, but if I like. I was struggling with describing this because um, I've read a lot of Jujutsu Kaisen in between finishing this and uh, talking about it now, so I don't remember as much of Burn the Witch as I maybe should, um, and also because it like makes no sense. Uh, I was trying to remember what actually happened because like it's just all this stuff that's happening, and at one point he introduces ten characters or so at once, and I only remember Bruno Bang Knife, because I saw that on Twitter. That's right. (laughs) And uh, he's also the only major character that is relevant. And also uh, they have a uh, section lead or whatever that's their boss, uh, Noel and Nini's boss, and he is some sort of badass somehow. Um, He, like, shoots Cinderella with some... Energy finger gun. Finger or gun We're going yeah. like Yu Yu Hakusho here. Yeah, his spirit gun. Um, <laughs> except he was kicked out of the. I forget what they're called, but like the things that Noel and Nini want to be in, uh, and they're cooler, and they get to, <laughs> they get to fight dragons instead of just acting as conservators for dragons. I don't know. This is a lot. Corey, this yeah. is what happens when you actually try to read the manga instead of reading it three hours before we podcast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Your planning has undone you once again. <laughs> I can tell you so much, so much more about Jujutsu Kaisen than I can about Burn the Witch. Like, I think I, I think I enjoy Burn the Witch for its ridiculousness, but like, I don't want to try to explain. I don't want to try to explain Burn the Witch. <laughs> oh, I just so and, and, and the more we talk about it, the more the threads just come apart. I'm like, wait, it still doesn't make sense. I, I, I mean, I read it. I didn't hate it, but I don't. I just, it's like I think the. The concepts were cool, but like not together. Yeah, which is exactly how I how I describe Bleach. <laughs> I just want to know when Kubo is going to give in and do like a full crossover of Bleach, since I remember the end of the one shot is when it's revealed that this is actually just a branch of the Soul Society or something, mm-hmm. yeah. which still doesn't quite make sense since everyone there is alive. 
when I yeah. was reading Bleach, like you definitely had to be dead to be a part of the Soul Society. That is like an entire plot point. Yeah, unless so, you I'm were. I'm just wondering when he's just going to self-indulgently bull crossover, yeah, just bringing like... out giant ass swords and take on dragons or something. <laughs> right, unless you were Ichigo, and then you could like get your soul uh, pushed out of your body by Rukia, and that was the only way that anyone else was able to go to the Soul Society if they were living and had their soul pushed out of their body. Honestly, I thought there was like weirder shit going on with Ichigo, but like. At the same time, it was still, like, an extremely fringe case. And also, yeah. this is the same world as Bleach. This brings up the big, dra- the big question of where were the dragons in Bleach then? Like, the series says that, like, 73% of all unexplained deaths in London are from dragons <laughs> in this day and age. Yeah, they're, they're all in London. Or in reverse like, London. Okay, so, like, dragons just live in London. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Then also, I guess, like, if what is, what is reverse? Kubo, you really need to put that on the page. You, know, you need to say <laughs> this is, like, a London-exclusive problem. Everywhere else in the world is cool. <laughs> They're good. London. And I guess, like, I what is is this also the A Soul Society? Uh, is this part it's of Harry like, Potter London? Yeah, is this like an afterlife? Is there a nine and three quarters? Is there like a toilet you use to get to the Ministry of Magic? Oh, Kubo. I'm still interested in some of the light novels that Naruto's <laughs> writing for Beach, but I'm just not interested in anything Kubo's actually writing for his own stories. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Anyone else have anything on Burn the Witch? No. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's take a short break and we'll we'll come back to talk about Shigutsu Kaisen. Welcome back, y'all. And now for our second half, we're talking about another weekly Shonen Jump series, because again, the Shonen Jump Vault is a very handy thing for us to read right now. This is not sponsored by Viz. We've never had anybody sponsor us or even approach us about sponsoring, so don't worry. If Viz wants uh, to sponsor us, though, I'm willing to take that. How would we split the money? I didn't figure that out. Well, we've all got PayPal, I think. Um, so this series we're talking about now is one of the, uh, I guess you'd call it up-and-coming series, Jujutsu Kaisen. The anime just started airing a couple weeks ago, so it's on um, people's minds a lot. Uh, confession, at first, when this series first started airing, I thought people were just misspelling the name Juni Tyson, which was that manga <laughs> where it's like all the like people with like the Zodiac themes are fighting each other. So you understand how I was confused about that for a while. That manga <laughs> was, or that anime was really weird. I also read the light novel for that. It was equally as weird. <laughs> Good to hear. And then... It seemed like this and Chainsaw Man started at the same time, and people kept talking about, like, wild fight scenes, so for a while I thought both of those were the same series. <laughs> I have not read Chainsaw Man, but I've seen enough art to say definitively, no, these are two entirely different manga. <laughs> so I came to this series very confused, but I shouldn't have been confused. This is actually a fairly straightforward shounen. So we've got Yuji Itadori. He's our main character. He's a pretty good guy. You know, he's in high school. He's got some really good um, athletic skills, but he's not in any of the athletic clubs. He's just chilling with some friends in the occult studies club instead. Uh, his grandfather's in the hospital, pretty close to dying. Seems like Yuji's otherwise an orphan. So it seems like his life is going to become unmoored very quickly. He's going to have to make some choices. Except then he gets caught up in the world of curses. Since uh, in this story, uh, 
I don't know if you could say magic exists so much as just curses do when everything in the series is related to curses and cursed energy. Uh, so Yuji and his club somehow got the hold of a box of a cursed finger in there. Why the fuck they didn't throw this away immediately, I don't know. Oh yeah, I remember. It's because it was wrapped up in some ceiling paper, so they didn't realize it was under a purse. They were just like, we found a cursed object, hooray, we're going to unwrap it at the club. Um, <laughs> some other folks in the world were like, oh shit, we know whose finger that is, and this is real bad news, we need to get the finger. And um, they don't manage to get it in time. They unleash this power onto the world. It's attracting all these other curses. It seems like there's going to be no way to fight them off. And Yuji's like, so if I eat this, I have the power to fight them off? Okay. And so he eats it. Everyone told me for the series, like, he just somehow ends up eating it. And it sounded like it was an accident. But no, this was a very deliberate act in Yuji's heart. Um, he eats it. Doesn't die. Very surprising. I mean, not surprising for a manga reader, because you know this goes on for over 100 chapters. But it really surprises everybody in the manga. And he turns out to have a really good affinity for just sealing this particular curse inside of his body. Um, this finger comes from a famous uh, jujitsu sorcerer, I think is the term, who was just real fucking cursed. Like, the dude had four hands for some reason, so he's got 20 of these fingers floating around. <laughs> and so um, the Society of Jiu-Jitsu Sorcerers is trying to collect all of them and destroy them. And these are really hard to destroy fingers. And so they've come up with a bit of a workaround, which is that they're going to let Yuji live for the moment and have him keep eating fingers. And then when he's got all 20 of them, then they're going to kill him. Not every character in the series is on board of this idea. Um, Yuji doesn't want to die. There's a couple other folks who are like, we can do this without killing the kid. That'd be great. But for the moment, Yuji has been pulled into this world of curses. He's now going to a special school for this with a couple of other classmates. Uh, everybody's weird, but I actually really liked all the characters. I feel like the magic system is kind of underdeveloped. It just seems very loosey-goosey, so it's not really rooted in like any kind of established mythology that I would be familiar with as a reader, or it doesn't like really establish a system of, okay, here's how the magic works, here's what we can expect people to be able to do or not do. So in some ways, I wasn't like super grabbed by the series, but I did like a lot of the characters, honestly. I could see myself picking this up and reading like, you know, a bunch of chapters at a time when I'm stuck at a dentist's office waiting for my dentist to hurry up. Um, although I don't think I'm going to go out and try to catch up with this series or um, catch up with the current anime. What about you guys? I think we can all say we probably all enjoyed this more than Burning Witch, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be that would be a safe assumption. Um, I I did I kind of felt the anime for this was already out. Like yeah, out it just started air. Right? Yeah, so there's a couple episodes out. I don't know if there's been like an ad on Netflix or if I'm totally confusing it with a different show. Wait, Netflix had ads. Well, not an ad, like a like a band. This can't be it. Anyway, I think I've confused. Yeah, it's, it's airing on Crunchyroll. It's not on Netflix. Yeah, that's right. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I liked uh, this one a lot, um, but I didn't know anything about it um, when I went into it. So um, I just liked the action in it, and it's it's a little bit violent, and it sort of made me, it's not nearly as violent as this other series, but it sort of made me think of. Um, or compared to, oh gosh, the series that we did with the cleaner and the children. Oh, spotless love? No. Yeah, it's not, it's not nearly as violent as that, but. What's spotless um, love? Um, but I, I guess my point was that this has 
violence that doesn't seem like crazy gratuitous, I guess, or at least not as gratuitous as, as that. So, yeah, I've enjoyed it so far. I could see myself probably reading the rest of these chapters. I didn't get as far as I wanted to. I got maybe 20 chapters into it before the podcast. Yeah, I waited until today to read it. So <laughs> <laughs> I got 20 chapters in a day. But, yeah, I'm excited about the anime. I'll have to go check out the first couple of episodes. Yeah, we started watching the anime, which is how I came across um suggesting it to you at all like this this isn't really something that came across my radar on the jump app i think it was right around the time that the jump app uh launched so it was not in the magazine and i was like testing out or i was i was reading all the new stuff in the magazine because that was much easier but then after the jump app started i basically read zero new things unless it got a lot of talk about it and choose to kaisen not didn't really get a lot of talk but like from the first episode of the anime i was extremely interested in the manga and it being in the jump app makes it much easier to pick up than spending 10 bucks on volume um mm-hmm. but yeah i've been i've been really enjoying it i like the uh, I like the oddness of the characters uh, i mean it, as as you said Helen, it's kind of typical shonen fair but um i like the way that it is going about doing typical shonen fair and some of the uh or as with all shonen, I am very interested in how it does its special move stuff, and I like the uh, like summoning aspect. And they have some dude who does uh, word cursed magic stuff. Um, I'm about 45 chapters in, so he just like only just now revealed his powers and junk, and they they seem pretty cool. But uh, have they explained the panda yet? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they have actually. Okay, they have explained the panda. Okay, that yeah. was my one thing. And there's that's, also that's the other thing about this series. It has a lot of weird things in there, and the characters will be like, "What's up with this?" And then nobody answers their question. They're like, "Okay, I'm gonna have to roll this for the moment." <laughs> and the reader's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna have to roll along with you because I have no idea what's up with this panda." I yeah, use curses. <laughs> yeah, they they do explain the panda. They there's also a uh, a mecha like humanoid mecha thing also that oh shows up eventually. They explain How those. Is this thing. Uh, it's just human size. Okay, so it's yeah. not, we're not talking like Gundam size or anything? No, no, no. It's okay. like a, uh, an android. Mm-hmm. Um, they explain both of those at the same time, the android and, and the panda, because they, they are controlled uh, <laughs> by the same methods-ish. Um, yeah, I like I really like this series. I especially like... Uh, I guess this is going to be I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, I especially liked the the part when uh, Sukuna kind of takes over. Um, what's his name? Yuji. Mm-hmm. Um, when he takes him over and he's kind of like, no, I'm not giving you back. Here's your heart, though, because I don't need it, but you sure do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, like, we kind of have this moment for uh, a chapter, I guess, where you're like, you Yuji didn't die. This isn't a manga where he dies. Uh but we he don't can't know how he's dead. coming back yet. Yeah, he can't be dead. <laughs> and then you see him in Tsukuna's uh, cursed area or whatever, I don't know. In their souls, being <laughs> just chatting up, being like, hey, how's it going? How's death, I guess? <laughs> Fuck you, why'd you kill me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me punch you. <laughs> yeah. So I like the uh, the back and forth between those two, as um, we know that Yuji is very powerful on his own, he's learning more about his own cursed energy and Sukuna's cursed energy, but we always have this uh, looming thing of Sukuna who can maybe burst out at any moment, and we don't know when or why he would do that. Yeah, and at the point I'm at in the manga, there's just also this unasked question of, Yuji can do things like push through walls, and it's like, is that just his normal power? Is this like some of his cursed energy coming out? Yeah, I, b- I believe. Like, punch through a wall. It's like, what's the thing? Well, that was 
Excellent! <laughs> I believe that is just his normal power. He's just very strong. And you see, I sometimes like a craziness like that in a series, you know, as long as it's consistent, as long as there's, like, not just one character with crazy powers, where it's just, like, multiple people who just have, like, a random ability. Yeah. Uh, I like Yuji a lot, and I also like one of his classmates, um, Nobara. Um, he's only got two classmates. He's got a guy and a girl, and Nobara's a girl. And she's she's got an interesting personality where she's kind of prickly and thinks very highly of herself, but not in an Ojo way. <laughs> and also her weapon of choice seems to be, like, um, uh, the old voodoo-esque, you know, hammer and nails. And there's just something kind of funny about that, you know, just chasing down a curse, trying to hammer nails into them. Yeah. <laughs> and she literally does have a doll that she can, like, stab into uh, creatures' body parts that are separated, and that will kill the creature as well. And, like, I thought that was a really creative way of uh, Oh, doing yeah, like that something. straw doll thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm always paying attention to when you've got guys and girls and then battle action series you know, who's got the close-range attacks and who's got the long-range attacks? Since usually they'll give the girls, you know, more of the long-range attacks, but it's the guys who are getting in there and punching. But really, I would say Nobara is more of a close-range attacker, maybe mid-range can shift, mm-hmm. while their uh, other male classmate, he controls uh, spirits and such, and so he's definitely a long-range attacker, so I appreciate this. As somebody who watches Precure for the girls punching monsters quite literally, <laughs> you know, I appreciate it when the girls get to, you know, do ching yeah. in any series. This series also weirdly made me think of, I think it's because of the cover of the first volume, Parasite, where he has, there's the mm, yeah. the mouth in his in his hand in the first mm-hmm. cover. So that, and I, Parasite is one of my favorite manga, so I guess I had a, a positive association with that series and this one. And I guess the, the violence also feels similar, like the way the monsters get kind of cut up or heads just kind of come off re- reminds me a lot of Parasite. So I don't know if that was intentional, but I... I I compare the two a lot. I don't, I, they're not the same in story, but uh, that just stuck out to me, especially the first the first cover. Yeah, with that cover, I was a little surprised there wasn't more body horror in the series. I was expecting maybe more of that, but so far, Yuji's the only one with a weird body nutches because he keeps eating fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't help that, like, Sukuna's mouth spurts out of wherever he wants to, I guess, and talks to Yuji. The more I think about him eating fingers, the more I'm like, how are you doing this? Are you just, like, swallowing them whole I know, and not I was literally time? just sitting here like, thinking the same thing. <laughs> oh, God, man. I'm for, like, five minutes, like, chum up, because, you know, it's got bone, it's old, you know. I, I can't imagine that's tender anymore. <laughs> from from the anime sound effects, it sounds like he's just swallowing it whole, which is very weak. Okay, for this moment, we need a swallowing sound effect, like a really yeah, I think we all generally enjoyed the series. It's probably not going to be, like, one of our top favorite Shonen Jump series of all time. I know there's a couple of other ones in the app that are pretty short, but we're hoping to do in the future. Um, but this was an entertaining diversion, which is what I expect from a manga magazine that updates on Sundays, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. You know, I wake up every Sunday morning and I go, is it a Spy X Family Sunday or is it not a Spy X Family Sunday? <laughs> you know? <laughs> You know, I'm just in the mood now to read manga on Sunday mornings. And yeah, then, I would agree that it was that it was an entertaining. What did Helen say? Entertaining. What word did you use? I don't know. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> either, either way, my point was going to be that whatever it was, it was more than than burn the way. Yeah. Don't burn this manga. It's pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that wraps us up for this episode. Um, as usual, our hot takes take longer than our. <laughs> Yeah, this was fine, Takes. Um, 
Uh, Corey, can you tell us where to find the podcast? Sure. You can find this podcast on Twitter, X, Mugging Your Ears, and you can find all of our episodes over X, taikupodcast.com. That is T-A-I-I-K-U. Uh, and if anyone calls on any other um, podcast platforms, let me know. Tweet at me, tweet at the podcast, and I will get us there. Uh, but we're going to find all of you on the internet as well. You can find me on Twitter at Montiorin. I'm still alive, and it looks like I'm going to make it to the election, so that's good. <laughs> This is good. This is very good. Uh, I have already early voted, and my ballot's been counted. I'm happy about that. Mm -hmm. Um, You can find me on Twitter, at Wandering Dreamer. You can find me doing reviews over at theoasg.com. Had a lot of stuff going up recently. Uh, Let's see. I think I did one for volumes two and three of Witch's Printing Office went up recently. Uh, Yeah, at this point, we've got so many reviews coming in that my stuff goes up later after I write them. I just don't even remember what I've written anymore. But I also was on Corey's other podcast, Taiku Podcast, recently, where I got to yell happily about Moonland and why people should read this good series about boys doing gymnastics. Yeah. Now I'm reading manga on Wednesdays when I remember, or Sundays when I don't. <laughs> yeah, this is true, because Moonland updates on Tuesdays, Kaiju number 8 updates on Thursdays, and then everything else updates Sundays, basically. Very confused. I'm never going to keep any of it straight, and i hopefully remember to keep up with Moonlands. Uh... Just put, like, a little regular reminder on your phone, like, every Tuesday evening. Read Moonland. I not even. <laughs> Until next time, folks. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everybody.